I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast from Still, the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, joining me as he does at this time each and every week, Mr. Evan Swartz of 49ers.com, and good evening, sir, how are you? I'm good, man, how are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Also joining us, one of our favorite frequent uh, CT Podcast contributors here on the program, Mr. JP Acosta of SBNation.com, JP Good evening. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. It was a fun game yesterday. I'm glad to be on here talking about it. Man, the group chats were explosive. Family was divided here. People had the takes and were like, I'm not logging off. I'm going to be extremely upset and voice uh, how I feel like creating should have gone. And then we had uh, just tinfoil hat central with Roger Goodell telling Chris Jones that he didn't have any problem with the way he hits quarterbacks or something. And it's like, all right, well, we've just completely lost our mind. And the script stuff is going to be a part of the NFL discourse for the foreseeable future. Um, but I'm curious, guys, how did you the game? Um, JP, when, how did you do your setup? Were you pausing, taking notes? During, what, what was your Super Bowl viewing like? Because you cover uh, this thing professionally and write about it. Yeah, so I was invited to a Super Bowl party. So. Mm. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go because it's my friends. going to go hang out, eat some wings. Mm-hmm. And I realized, like, oh, yeah, I got to work, too. So I had to bring my computer with me. So every time something big happened, my job was like, hey, JP, can you get that for a quick article? I'm like, yeah, sure. It's mm-hmm. like 150 words. So I'm, like, typing on my hotspot while I'm watching the game, tweeting in the, on the other hand, and mm-hmm. the wings are just sitting there by me and just waiting. But it was it was fun. It was chaotic, but it was fun still. What kind of wings? What wing are you talking about here? I love buffalo. Uh, buffalo okay. wings. Blue cheese or ranch? Ranch. All the way. Interesting. I'm not a ranch guy. I'm always blue cheese. That makes sense. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, what was your uh, Super Bowl viewing uh, party or evening like? We have a buddy who loves to host. And he's an mm. unbelievable cook. So he made like just really incredible wings. And we had like wings, ribs, just I mean, literally, literally everything. Let's just not let's not, not name it off. Um, but yeah, just got a bunch of people together to watch the Super Bowl. We had the the people in the back that didn't care about sports that were hell hanging out and talking. People who really cared in the front sitting down. And people who were kind of interested, like halfway in the middle. There you go. Uh, we went to my uh, father in laws in Oak Ridge and watched it there on his big screen. It was fun, man. He's a great burger cooker and it's like one of those things where it's the kyle pitts equivalent where i feel bad now shout out to gary who's going to be listening to this program but um he's fantastic burger cook uh, he's he's a grill master and 
<laughs> I found this out a few months back and I was like, it's one of those things where I, I wonder from folks where it's like, man, I feel kind of bad that we all know now that you're good at this. So it's like, can you grill out burgers if we cut like part of the like, that would be awesome because they would taste really good and they're really great. But it's like the Kyle Pitts where it's like he shouldn't have shown that the Falcons he could block because once you show the Falcons and Arthur Smith, you can block. Guess what? You're going to be in a lot of a lot of pass pro Kyle Pitts. And that's what's going to happen with uh, my father in law, Gary is like. Hey, any grill out cookout situations, we're going to be looking at you for the uh, the steaks for the burgers just because we know your expertise now on the grill. It's a big thing. Yeah, I I was in there. Uh, we had we had a couple of friends and I, they're huge betters, huge, mm-hmm. huge betting guys. So I was like, sure, I'll join in like one for one time. And we mm-hmm. bet on the first commercial that aired after the game had started. It's like uh-huh. after the kickoff and stuff. I won like 20 bucks off of that just because I said it was food and it was Dunkin' Donuts. So there you go. It was it was a productive day. Made some money, made some money. Wrote some articles. Yeah. There you go. I I love that. Um, I think my cousin did, too, on the program on Thursdays where I think he bet um, Patrick Mahomes first pass would be a completion. It was like plus 200 or something when he got in. That's that's a good guess. Like Patrick Mahomes completing his first pass is not a bad one. I think it was to Travis Kelsey, if I remember correctly. But um, it's a good one. But we're we're just getting to a crazy point in our culture where it's like people are betting the under on Chris Stapleton's. Uh, just okay. oh, I, I absolutely knew that was going under. Yeah. Well, apparently that's every single time the male country singers have always been under two minutes for whatever reason. I don't know why that is, but they generally speaking are like, I got things to do. I got to get out of here. I know the guys don't want to listen to me do this whole thing, so I got to get get through it. They don't get paid by the hour. Well, don't forget, folks, uh, you can read uh, JP over at SBNation.com. So go read his stuff. I'm on Twitter, JP Acosta. Follow Evan at Evan Swords. Uh, follow myself. We got a new uh, Instagram handle at Chase Thomas Podcast. We got a TikTok now. Uh, so new TikToks going up there each and every day over at TikTok.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. So uh, make sure you check us out there. And as always, YouTube, full episodes, uh, clips, all that good stuff, YouTube.com. You guessed it, uh, slash Chase Thomas Podcast. You listen to us every single day here on uh, the Blue Wire Pod Network. Yeah, new episodes each and every day here. So make sure you're subscribed on your preferred podcast player and on Apple so you can watch JP, Evan, and myself on video if you would prefer to do just that. Um, Evan, I was thinking about a lot uh, yesterday with the, the 49ers stuff because Debo and everybody on the Niners have been talking a lot about the, the Eagles and they've been public enemy number one on NFL Twitter for the last two weeks because they have just said they're going to get exposed. They're going to get exposed. Was it Debo who called James Bradbury trash? Was trash. That, yeah, it was. He was kind of led into like the discussion, but he definitely didn't have to say trash. That was all Debo. Well, that's what I was wondering. So he's he does this, and then James Bradbury, of course, is the one who makes the final day. And I was like, that poor guy, like that poor guy, because you know, I was waiting for the Debo tweet, and I was waiting for something about that where I was like, of course, it had to be James Bradbury to make that final holding call. Um, and he was super class act after, just saying it was it was holding. I just didn't. I was hoping they just wouldn't call it. And um, then we had this incredibly uh, annoying discourse where it was like um let uh, him what, play. yeah gee let him play and it's like you can't well, it's like all right uh, just there's so many other plays and theo ash front of the program made a great point it's just like there's 60 minutes in this game every other play matters it's not it shouldn't don't put yourself in a position where one play defines whether or not you're going to have an opportunity to win the super bowl every play matters and um you know there is we'll get into what all happened here but 
Evan, 49ers players over the last two weeks now after the loss, do you think they were vindicated based on what we saw from Philadelphia on Sunday? Do you feel like you would have played better against the Chiefs in this matchup or what did you come out thinking? Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad that we are having this conversation at 24 hours later because, mm-hmm. you know, in the moment yesterday, I, you know, after the Eagles Niners playoff game, Twitter was like just infuriating there were so many philadelphia fans that were just miserable that were just like mm-hmm. like we knocked your quarterback out like yeah this we they play aggressive like that's hard-hitting football like you can't you can't block you can't use the tight end to block yeah and the chiefs did it by the way yesterday and it worked mm-hmm. um but so because of the the Philly reaction, the fan Philly reaction, and I guess some of the players, I was like really anti-Philly yesterday. Mm. And, you know, once the game ended and I had my chance, you know, my tweets were like, you know, F Philly, F Philly cheesesteaks, you know, F Rocky, like all this, like, which is kind of my shtick, but like, it was all a joke, right? Like, like, but once I got that out, I was able to be like, it is a nightmare to have to play Patrick Mahomes. Like, <laughs> like Jalen Hurts goes from not even being wanted on his own college football team in Alabama, getting sent to a, you know, getting basically said, sorry, we're going to, we're going to play somebody else. He then comes in the NFL as uh you know, kind of dropped, but you know, I think maybe he was never really expected to go top of the first or anything like that. But so he kind of just came in in general. And I remember like he, you know, kind of struggled a bit in the first year. They were like, hey, might draft a quarterback this year. Remember, they were like, Philly might have to draft a quarterback. And so it's just like all of the like the noise and conversation about Jalen, and he just balled out. And then yeah. you come to the Super Bowl. That's one of the best Super Bowl performances I've ever seen in my life from a quarterback, and it wasn't enough. So mm-hmm. do I want to sit here and be like, the 49ers should have won? I mean, of course I want to. But I think the main takeaways that I have is I do think the 49ers would have beat Philly with Brock Purdy. Um, It's not any slight on Jalen Hurts. He's incredible. But I think the defense showed how, you know, they were three and out three times in a row after Purdy got injured. I've said this ad nauseum. I think they were just a better team. And if it wasn't for momentum, I think they would have won. Um, But what it comes down to is, sure, they beat Philly, but do you beat Patrick Mahomes? Because – Patrick Mahomes had a high ankle sprain two weeks ago. That's a that's a three-month injury at most, right? That's like six to eight weeks at best. He played immediately afterwards. You know, he came back in. And then yesterday, he gets injured again <laughs> on the same foot and then still keeps winning. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, do I think the Niners defense and their linebackers would have played really well against that team? Yes. Do I think the pass rush would have got home more than the Eagles did? Yes, I do. Cause they obviously didn't sack him the whole game, but man, like I just can't bet against Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes. So I don't, you guys, I don't... Want, you guys want to know a funny stat from the Super Bowl from that. Game. I'm ready. So the chiefs had 53 plays. Mm. Told the entire game, they had 21 first downs. <laughs> they averaged six and a half yards a play. How many of those were in the second half? I don't know how many in the second half specifically, mm-hmm. but the Eagles held the ball for 35 minutes compared to the Chiefs' 24. They ran mm-hmm. the Eagles ran 72 plays to 53. <laughs> 
It felt like a Kentucky Tennessee game where the ball control stuff. It didn't it didn't matter. And I mean, I think I saw the stat too. I don't know if you saw this, JP, about like Mahomes now has the best win percentage of any quarterback who's been down ten plus. Uh which is just that's the most Mahomes stat possible. It's just that like yeah, if you're down 10 plus, you're never out of it. And that's why I was telling uh, the family there, I'm like, I just, I don't think it's enough. I don't think the Eagles are up enough. And they gifted them. You cannot gift wrap fumble recovery touchdowns the way Jalen did in that one, where I'm like, w- when you're talking about the non-call or the, the call at the end, I'm like, the difference is Jalen not fumbling that there. Like that was just an easy backbreaking type thing where you just, you cannot give Patrick Mahomes in this offense free points because you know they're going to score enough like no matter what you saw from this defense and I think that's the other big thing too is bags is no D'Amico Ryans and I think we saw that uh in this one where that was one of the things that stood out was just that like part of what Jalen helped Jalen is just the Chiefs defense was not nearly as good and did not get just what San Francisco was doing like San Francisco's defense was just the best in football this year and Jalen I mean most quarterbacks struggle but wasn't really an indictment on Jalen because he was just my biggest takeaway from him was he was so calm and collected. Like even after the fumble, he comes right back in. There's just something about him that he's like, he's one of the best leaders in the sport. And it's clear that dude's just right from him, like him talking to the lineman after all that. And he's just, he's not phased by anything. He's not phased when he has to go down and we don't, we'll never know what would have happened if he had gotten the ball back for that last drive. My gut tells me it still would have been pretty difficult for them to get back in field goal range and do all that. And who knows? Maybe the kicker slips because this was trash. <laughs> and even if you do get in field goal range, he already slipped on the kickoff. And that literally have happened in this game. There's all sorts of things that could have happened. Yeah. But I mean, it's just Jalen silenced any doubters about whether or not he is a franchise quarterback and whether or not he could go toe to toe. But it's also. He's not Patrick Mahomes, and that was something that we saw. Is he's he's good. He's just not legendary and elite like Patrick Mahomes. It's just different. I mean, he rushed for three touchdowns. Yeah, which was incredible, and he threw for three hundred yards, which is you know incredible. I mean, like it was just obvious though, and we've talked about it all year with Tyreek leaving and going to Miami. It's just such a well-rounded offense. Right. Mm-hmm. Juju had 53. Travis had 81. Um, you know, they had Mahomes had 44 rushing yards. Isaiah was like Isaiah Pacheco was just like this all around great, you know, running back yesterday, just doing what he needed to do. Um, but, you know, what it was crazy to me is like if you were to look at me and be like, Jalen Hurts going to rush for three touchdowns. He's going to throw a touchdown. Devontae Smith is going to have 100 yards. AJ Brown's going to have 96. You know, like. Do you, if you were to tell me that and then be like they lose, that'd be pretty tough. But like, you look at the second half and you look at oh, they literally didn't get one stop. Like that, Jonathan Gannon may have lost the Arizona head coaching job just from this game alone because that was the other part of it. Is like they literally just stop right. Yeah, they Kansas City scored on every possession in the second half, and the thing that stood out the most was. And kind of like what Evan said, how this offense has developed from being this feast or famine, big game offense to being one of the most efficient offenses we've ever seen in the NFL. Like not only just one of the most efficient offenses this year, like this has been one of the most efficient offenses ever. And Patrick Mahomes has gotten so good at manipulating the pocket, avoiding pressure, creating spaces, creating that, that, that awareness that he has of knowing where everybody is on the field. And just finding ways 
to get the ball out quickly. It was at the top of his drop. One, two, three, boom, ball out. And if it if it wasn't out immediately, he was hanging in the pocket, making the throws. The He had a dig to Juju Smith-Schuster. Backside mm-hmm. dig. It was like third down. It was, a, it was an automatic first. He comes around to the dig late with a defensive tackle in his face. And I'm just like, yeah, man, that's them's the breaks. Like that's that's the toughest part about playing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like sometimes you can have the perfect coverage and it won't matter. Like the 25-yard run to put him in the field goal range in the two-minute drill. Perfect coverage. Nobody was open. And then he runs for 25 yards on a bad leg. Like that like, just happened. I, there's no reason why Patrick Mahomes should have been able to run for 25 yards after injuring a high ankle sprain ankle twice. Re-injuring. Re-injuring. Like, Re-injuring it. I, I mean, like, I don't know, man. Like, the you know, they say that you're not allowed to use certain things in the NFL, but that tore it all be kicking. Um, <laughs> I But, hey, man, the 49ers all year long, you're like, we remember we were like, if you want to beat the Chiefs, you got to score. Mm. You, you got to score. And when we got Christian McCaffrey – and all of a sudden, they're putting up 30, 30 points every game. I'm just like, this is the only way they can beat the Chiefs. Like, they mm-hmm. finally did it, right? Like, this is how they would do it. They have the best defense in the NFL, but now they can score two, right? And I just feel like that's what the Niners were robbed of. And I think the players knew mm-hmm. it. And I know, you know, Debo's boisterous, and he's loud, and, he, you know, kind of a dick sometimes. But, like, <laughs> if you're Debo Samuel, and you've seen that all year long, and all of a sudden, you know, Rock Party comes in and, and the offense is just clicking on every single cylinder. You're probably looking at that going, we were the only team that could beat the Chiefs. And they might be right. I mean, my entire thing about the Niners, Eagles stuff with the players, we need haters. We need bad guys mm, in the NFL. Like, there's, there's got to be someone you have to root against. I bet you the NFL loves it. Because what they're going to do is they're going to be like opening night or something. Mm-hmm. Eagles Niners. It's autom- it's automatic money. We need we need bad guys. We need people to root against the Eagles. This is how this is how great rivalries are made off of people talking smack to each other. It's not you can't always well, build everything out of respect. Some of the biggest rivalries in the NFL were built in the NFC championships. Right? Like if you think about it, Niners Cowboys, right? The Giants, like I mean basically the entire NFC East, really. Um but I mean, the, the Niners see with the Colts, Pats. I mean, Niner, you have the Niner Steelers Seahawks, in there too. Steelers the and Ravens. Mm. The championship conference, you know, conference championship games are where rivalries are made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it because the Niners have always had the Cowboys thing. They've always had the Seahawks thing. Uh, and they, you know, for a minute they had the Rams thing. But now the Eagles too. Sure, why not? Put put Philly and San Francisco week one. If they can't, but you know that would be awesome. Maybe week two. I mean, even going to the other conference, having the Bengals and the Chiefs actively hate each other is good. Mm-hmm. Like, we need that. Like, calling the stadium Burrowhead, yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Love as that. You, as long as you back it up. You can talk as much as you want as long as you back it up. And and now you can just be like after the fact where it's like, hey, we lost it. Now we're taking back Burrowhead. And that's the storyline next year is like, we go. lost it. We can't call it that anymore, but we're going to come back in the AFC ch- title game. Now. It's going to be Burrowhead once again. Yeah. I mean, opening night, it'll probably be Chiefs unveiling the banner, probably against the Bengals. Yeah. Or it could be Chiefs Bills again. This is what, this is what we need. I'm, I'm glad people are being haters 
talking smack to each other. I don't care how right or wrong it is, just because like in the grand no, scheme of things, better gonna, this way. They're gonna face each other again. Right. They're gonna see each other again. Let's play on the field. Talk it out on the field. But so what does that mean for LeBron's legacy? No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> what does that mean for you know, literally though, like Chase, I was thinking about this, and I don't know if it's just like me, like admitting, you know, okay, the Niners, you know, they, maybe they would have had a chance, maybe, but, but probably not because of Patrick Mahomes. But like Patrick Mahomes is five years, five years into his career now. He has two Super Bowl rings, MV, two, you know, all these MVP awards. Like, I mean, he literally won a Super Bowl yesterday with one leg, and he, and part of it was a twenty-five yard run, like. Like Vince McMahon couldn't write that. Like but, it just it's un it's unbelievable. And the craziest part about it is, from the Eagles' perspective, like you got everything you asked for right from the offense. Like they played a ball control game and scored thirty five points. Jalen Hurts was making passes that I did not think he would make, like ever. Like mm-hmm. there were two big plays to Goddard where I was like, wow, man, this is awesome. On a dime, that one on the there edge, like right there in the corner. One of the best passes I've ever seen in my life. Just, I was like, yo, man, this, this dude is on one tonight. And then there was another one where it was a deep over to Dallas Goddard. And he put it mm-hmm. on a dime. Justin Reed's in coverage. Perfect coverage. Doesn't matter. The Eagles basically like told Jalen Hurts to carry this team mm-hmm. on Sunday. And, they, and he did. They went empty a lot. They went to – after the fumble, it was a lot of empty quarterback draw or empty Jalen figure it out. And then they went and scored. Like that's it's just an awesome game from an awesome player. And at the end of the day, it didn't matter because Patrick Mahomes is on the other side of the field. And no matter how much you think you you have a lead, no matter how big of a lead you think you have, it's never safe. And I, that's really just his legacy too, right? Like this point is safe against Patrick Mahomes. You can feel as good as you want to feel, but that's silly because Patrick Mahomes feels almost inevitable. And I mean, he's made the conference title conference title game at the bare minimum every year as a starter through five years. Like that's a pretty nice streak to have at this point. Um, they, he went to be being like the thing at the top where it's like, he's had his best statistical season this year. And that's without Tyree Kales. You kill him. Everybody had the questions of like, what was that going to mean for this offense? And they replaced him with a downgrade. Like Juju was fine in the Super Bowl, but like it was still a lot of unknowns around Travis Kelsey, who he loved and was just wide open so much early. And the Eagles tightened up a little bit and were like, we're not playing, I guess, man, (laughs) just man on man with Travis Kelsey because I don't think this is going to go well um, versus the game. But I, uh, I just think his legacy right now is just he's on track to be the greatest quarterback of all time like he is on track and those are two different things where two super bowls now lost one he's made the conference title game every single year to this point staple around him like andy reed will see year to year how long he coaches because i know he flirted last week with like he'll make decisions after but it seems like he's going to keep going for a bit longer um they've shown that even if eric Bieniemy or matt Nagy or whoever leaves like they're Mike Kafka, like they're fine. The infrastructure on the offensive side of the ball is fine. It doesn't matter who you lose. It doesn't, it's not like a potential Brian Dabble to Ken Dorsey drop off where you're like, uh oh, uh, this, uh, this does not look the same that did a year ago with Josh Allen. And then you look around, this group is just, they're fine. Like I think they're just going to be there. Travis Kelsey's not going anywhere. Uh, Pacheco be good for a couple of years. You just go 
I just I don't see them going. I think this his legacy right now is that like he's gonna get more one goals, two Super Bowl MVPs, two MVPs. Just I think he's gonna he keeps going. He'll probably be what the NFL passing yards leader if he doesn't get like he's on pace for that. We're looking at something preposterous at this point. And I mean, 106 quarterback rating, like as a playoff quarterback, like this blowing and he did it injured like that was the other thing he added where he's like i can do it hobbled where i get injured in the game on the bad ankle and the second half play best football after re also not talking about it's like he played better in the second half hurting his ankle again yeah he's he's something else man and it just i feel like i should say what other people should look at it is but i'm just like i feel uh, I'm thankful to be able to watch Patrick because he is so yeah. much fun. You should just enjoy guys like that. Um, check your chat. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. Like it is, it's the thing that make, I, I've been thinking of a lot. I've been thinking about it all day long is like, as NFL fans, we've had Tom Brady terrorize this league for like the last 20 years. And now we have Patrick Mahomes and, you know, he lost a couple ones. And I think it's harder now than it was with Brady. I think what Brady did to win championships like that was just, we'll never see it again. But like here, here we go again. We have Patrick Mahomes lose Tyreek Hill, get a bunch of new offensive weapons in there and they still win. Like JP, do you think, are we about to see another dynasty of another Brady like dynasty with Mahomes? I know Patrick Mahomes was very, like, I'm going to avoid saying dynasty, but yeah, man, it's headed that way. We're only one away. It's because you're never – you can build anything you want around Patrick Mahomes, and he'll get you to a Super Bowl. We saw that this year. They, Like you said, Tyreek Hill's gone. Replaced him with Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Gantling, who didn't play that great, some rookies, and Travis Kelsey. And that got him a Super Bowl and an MVP. If, 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 if I, can you imagine like the tomorrow we're doing pre we're doing draft stuff. We're talking about quarterbacks. Can you imagine we're sitting there and we're like, oh yeah, the first pick quarterback or not even the first, like the third quarterback picked in this draft is going to be in the conversation for the top three quarterbacks of all time in the first five years of their career. Like, no, like that's an absurd concept. And here we are like, you could you could genuinely say right now that Patrick Mahomes could be it could go Brady Montana now Mahomes. I don't I know think, that I'm there yet, but like I'll listen to that argument. I think I'm already there, right? Just in terms of like having seen like the middle to end of Brady, of course that lasted like 18 years, <laughs> and Mahomes having watched them both and the stats that have already come in for Patrick Mahomes through the first six years. I mean, like I said, two Super Bowls, two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, countless records, made the conference championship in every game he's been a starter in six years. Like, we are, he is on pace to be the best quarterback of all time. To me, he is already the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play football. Like, there's a, that's a difference between, like, greatest of all time and greatest I've ever seen, but he is the greatest pl- football player I have ever seen at that position. 
just in the way he manipulates space, the way he's it's so crazy just watching him play like in real time. And you're like, wow, like this dude is like one of the greats that we've seen. And he's what, 26, 25, 26 years old. Like he's this is like the second year, second year of his four hundred and fifty million dollar contract. And he's already got another MVP and another Super Bowl. And that contract now is was constructed in a way where now they have they have quite a bit of cap space. And they can go trade for a guy if they wanted to and make that team better. They can go trade for a number one if they wanted to. And this is just, again, we're on pace for watching something amazing with Patrick Mahomes. We are. And I think one of the other interesting things about this is I just think we'll we'll forget the, the Jalen Hurts aspect of it where he played really, really well. And because Mahomes was just... Patrick Mahomes, you might get lost. Like, he's going to get lost here. And, like, ESPN had a bad Mahomes standing over Jalen Hurts. That's not how this game. Like, that, there was all kinds of ways to to frame this game, and that was not one of them. Um, but now that you've had 24 hours, Evan, is the no call okay for you? What was your reaction in the moment? And now that you've had 24 hours to think about it, what is your actual reaction to it? Well, first off, you can't ask me that question and, and not let I me, mean, what, what do you expect? Michael Crabtree, by the way, tweeted last night, just the the year 2013 after mm. that, after that play, because the hold or, you know, whatever the pass interference, or whatever you want to call on Crabtree was worse than the play last night. And the, the play last night was a, that was a valid call. I hate this whole, let them play, let them play. No. <laughs> No, you want to let them play, let them play without holding, without interfering. The like, do your job. Everybody else is doing their job. Why, why, no? So, I'm on, I'm on that end of the spectrum. The 49ers lost a Super Bowl because of, and in my opinion, an uncalled penalty, right? If Crabtree correctly has that called, they punch it in. So, I'm biased, I'm aggressively biased, but I do think that was the right call. Bradbury admitted it. I don't know that we we should even we really don't even need to be having the conversation when literally the player admitted it and said the ref made the right call. You know? Well, what he's like, I grabbed his jersey. Like, okay, open and shut case, Johnson. <laughs> Go ahead, JP. So here's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um it was it was holding. By the book, it was holding. But so was the pass interference earlier in the game on James Bradbury that wasn't called. My biggest mm-hmm. thing is, yes, that's a holding. And in the grand scheme of things, like the actual call itself was not a bad call. It's mm-hmm. just the consistency wasn't there. If you're going to call that then, then you better call that same thing earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have to continue to be consistent. And I don't think the refs were consistent enough to make that call when you missed on a whole bunch of calls earlier in the game. So – in the moment, I thought it was a bad call. I think now I, it's definitely holding. Mm. But And James Bradbury said it was holding. But the thing they said after that, saying, I thought the rest would let it slide, is a lot bigger. It's a lot bigger of an issue than him saying it was holding or not. Him thinking the rest would let it slide because everybody, every other time, they let it slide until that one time is the bigger issue here. Yeah, and I... It just I don't like when people now say, well, we were 
robbed of something historic with Jalen Hurts, like you have no idea how it would have gone. You have zero idea. You can't go down that road. You just you don't know. Like I just I don't know. The way that game was going and the fact that the Eagles got exactly let me check my notes here. Zero stops in the second half. I think the Chiefs were probably gonna win that football game, regardless of whether or not that was called. And I think if you're a Philly fan, I think most Philly fans feel this way too. It's just that like we got zero sacks on Patrick Mahomes in this game. The pass rush was just not there. Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham and company just did not get home. They didn't do anything against these offensive tackles. And that was something that we thought was an advantage for Philly against the KC. And that did not turn out to be the case. We're also acting like Patrick Mahomes has not won a game where they were down seven with 13 seconds left. Like that is a very real thing that has happened already. Like we, when we say there's no lead that's safe against Patrick Mahomes, Literally, not a single lead is safe. Yeah, saying, I, like, yeah, yeah, this game, this changed the outcome of the entire of the entire game. Like we lost because of this. No, you didn't. You lost because they couldn't get a stop. Like you're worried about that last drive. Why didn't you get a stop on the other four where they scored a touchdown? Uh, JP, what aspect of this game surprised you the most? Whether it was scheme, how the game flow went, a, per, a particular player and the way they played, what was the biggest thing that surprised you? So a couple of things, and they're both Chiefs related. One, mm. how efficient the Chiefs moved the ball in the Eagles' defense, throwing the ball. Mm. Like, and it's it's an, another insane Patrick Mahomes stat. Um, so on all true dropbacks, uh, mm. Patrick Mahomes had a 66% success rate. And the Super Bowl. Since 2013, only one player has gotten better than that. And that was Drew Brees <laughs> against the Colts in 2006. Like, it's just. They won that Super Bowl, by the way, folks. Yeah, they did. They were so efficient and mm-hmm. moving the ball. And every, all the motions and stuff Andy Reid put in just destroyed the Eagles' leverage every single time. And they couldn't do anything about it. It was it was genuinely an amazing offensive performance by the Chiefs in terms of design and execution. And then Nick Bolton played a heck of a game. Hmm. Like he was he was arguably the best defender on the field for the Chiefs last night. Hmm. Right. Outside of the fumble return for a touchdown where Jalen just straight up like dropped the ball. Nick Bolton was awesome last night. He was given the role of Jalen Hurts spy. Hmm. And outside of a couple of like, oh, I missed this, I missed this gap on like quarterback draw, he did a really good job. And I was just genuinely surprised at how good Nick Bolton played last night. He had 180 tackles in the regular season, but this was his best performance. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, he, he was one of the biggest, you know, factors in that game. Uh, ben, I want to know, you're in, like, in your reaction, your immediate reaction, because mine was... I was on the play that was not a fumble in reverse uh, after the fact. I always look at it as like there was two. The way I ended up at with that, with the, I think it was to Miles Sanders, right? Wasn't it Miles Sanders who got hit and dropped it? Okay. My yeah. instant take was, oh, that's clearly a fumble because he catches it and turns up field. Slow-mo, clearly that's not a fumble because he didn't control and start moving forward. Isn't it weird? Like, what are we supposed to do with that? Because in the moment, I was like, oh, that's clearly a fumble. Like, he got the ball and moved up field, and then he just got wrecked. <laughs> and, but, like, that was it. But you watch the replay, and you're like, you can't call that a fumble. I don't I don't know. What did you that, think about that? play that? specifically, I was, like, in my head, I'm like, okay, I saw the two steps. But, mm-hmm. like, there's still the football move rule, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, he 
technically got two feet down, but he really wasn't able to engage in a football move, which I think is mm. really, and it's a good point. Like he wasn't ready like to be like, okay, here we go. Right. Mm. And so because of that, I was like, yeah, I get it. I, I, I don't think it is. Um, but I thought honestly, like the one thing that we don't talk about because all we hear is the people loud and crying, the refs call the hell of a game. Like they really got, I would say almost all of the, if not all of the calls, right. Right. That the one catch that, that wasn't a catch. I was like, that's not a catch. And everyone was freaking out. I was like, no, 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 that's not a catch. And it wasn't. Were you talking right. about Devante or yeah, Goddard? Devante, Devante right? Catch. Well, I would say the Goddard one wasn't a catch either. And they got it. Re- they re-lost the I challenge thought, in the third quarter on that. One wasn't a catch. Then they I was okay with the Goddard down. one, but okay. the, the Devante one, I for sure was like, no, that's not a catch. So hmm. the thing, the thing with the Sanders fumble that wasn't a fumble, mm. and this is my, both my thing with consistency. Mm. If the Dante Smith catch was not a catch, you can't call the Miles Sanders thing a fumble because Dante Smith got both feet in. That should be a catch, right? Mm. Miles Sanders, not a catch. So I was fine with it just because they were consistent, and that's really what I'm asking for from refs. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna throw a bunch of flags, be consistent with it. Mm-hmm. Just, just throw all the flags. If you're not, just swallow the whistle for the entire game. JP, when this year, because I think Bengals fans thought they were going to get back, and we always like to believe it. It's like no Super Bowl losing quarterback whose first quarter, who, no quarterback who's ever lost his first Super Bowl has ever made it back, right? And Jalen Hurts, uh, Joe Burrow just did it last year, didn't get back this year. We'll see if he ever gets back, but there's no guarantees. And this Philadelphia was healthy, so good, so dominant all year. Everybody. To make the AJ Brown trade, everybody was good all across the board. Shane Steichen's now out the building. We'll see if uh, Gannon gets the uh, Arizona job, but like there's going to be some turnover with the staff. Health is not going to be the same. The offensive line will not be this healthy. We'll see what happens with Kelsey at center um, with his future. Lane Johnson was banged up down the stretch. Brandon Graham's out the building. I mean, I I just I wonder if this was it. Do you feel like the Eagles missed their their window to win? This was this was the year they had to do it. I don't think so. I think the important thing is the depth up front. Jason Kelsey, of course, going to be the biggest question. It's awesome. Mm, right. Um, I think Lane Johnson's going to come back, but you never know. I mean, mm. you never know with these guys. But the Eagles have drafted Jason Kelsey's replacement. They drafted Cam Jurgens last year. And mm. all indications out of Philly are he's going to be just as good as Jason Kelsey. Of course, that's coming from the team that drafted him. But we'll see. Mm. Um, the defensive line depth going to be a big issue. Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, the Dominica Sue, and Linval Joseph are all free agents. So somebody's somebody's not going to get paid. James Bradbury is a free agent. Dude, so they're, they how many one year one year defensive line contracts do they have right now? Like that team is going to get gutted, and their coordinators are gone. Like I'm not as worried with coordinator wise because i think brian johnson will probably step in as coordinator and i think he's really really good at his job the eagles quarterback coach he's probably going to get that uh off the coordinator job and he's but couldn't they lose him to baltimore or washington i think if they promote him i doubt it Hmm. i doubt it if they promote him but that's also saw it's funny like i love greg roman moving over to baltimore or washington potentially like he doesn't have to move he just moves over to the other side dc and baltimore like greg roman just picks up and takes over for the the commanders that would be hilarious would he even have to change his uh address i don't think so it's close enough yeah he just just make a little drive 
But I, I love that. And I love the idea of Sam Howell and the Greg Roman offense. What could go wrong? Um, oh, the commanders. Yeah, Howell. that dude. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. It's a yeah. whole other one. Evan, what do you think? Do you think well, they're the favorites to get back or do you think this was it for the window? I Every year we, we see it more and more, but I think this year it's screaming. The Super Bowl is not an equation that you can do the math on. You can't just go, well, if we have this good good a defense and this good a offense and this good a coaching, we'll get there. Because Jalen Hurts just, you know, threw for 300 yards, had four total touchdowns, and lost, right? You had the, a very good defense, and they went to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts did his job. He played elite, and it wasn't enough. So, like, the, the math doesn't math there. So can they get back? Of course. But I think right now, more than ever, it's going to be incredibly hard. I don't think the Cowboys are going to be competing, um, but I think the Giants will probably be competing for the division. So I think that'll be kind of a, the first question is, can they win the division? And they'll go from there. I don't think they're going to have as good of a year next year as they do this year, just for the matter of how they have their roster st- set up. Um, and I think, once again, I think the Niners – to me, the Niners are the team that I think are more – they're more prepped and ready to go back than any other team in the NFC. So can they make it back? I think technically they could. Would I be betting on it? No. But I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a very, very amazing, incredible, fantastic career. I am as high on Jalen Hurts as I've ever been before. I Cheers to him. But, I mean, like I said, I can't say it enough. I don't want to repeat myself, but as a 49ers fan, I've been saying for the last five years, I'm like, God, if we just had a quarterback. And they had a quarterback, and he scored four touchdowns, and it didn't matter. So, like, I I don't know anything. Nothing makes sense. I think in the AFC, it's a lot cleaner to see, like, Super Bowl favorite because as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing quarterback, the Chiefs will always be the Super Bowl favorites from that Mm -hmm. conference. I think NFC is a lot more wide open because there's a lot more uncertainty around the conference. Mm. Tom Brady's retired. You don't know who's going to be coming out of the NFC South. I mean, who's the best? We know. Hold on, JP. We know. It starts with an A, and then it to a T, then to an L. Mm -hmm. I I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's the best team in the NFC South. Um, The NFC East. It ain't the Saints. I'll tell you that much. It is not the Saints. Not Saints at all. And it's not Bucks, the Bucks either. I think it's the, the Panthers Bucks. or the Falcons. I think it's either the Panthers or the Falcons. I think, the, I think the Panthers might be your next New York Giants. I'm very York high. Giants. I'm very high on the Panthers. Yeah, I think the Panthers might be your new your next New York Giants. But um NFC East, I mean, I think the Eagles are still going to be the favorite because they have Jalen Hurts coming back. They mm-hmm. have the offensive line come, potentially all coming back, except for Isaac Samalo, who's entering free agency. They have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, all those running backs, all under contract. They'll all be coming back. The core defensive players like Darius Slay, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, those guys will be coming. Those guys will be coming back. They're still they're going to be the favorites. I think they're going to be the favorites going into next season in the NFC. Um, NFC North. I mean, sure, the Vikings. Yeah, but this all depends on like what happens with Aaron Rodgers and I don't know what happens with Aaron Rodgers. The Vikings probably should be the favorites in that division, but 
I don't know, man. And in the NFC West, the Niners will be the favorites. I think that's clear cut. Unless mm-hmm. it really does depend on what happens with the Rams this offseason. They hmm. there's a lot of work that can be done for them. And also Aaron Donald is probably coming back. Maybe. I don't know. He did that workout thing where he's like getting I, ready. What did he say? He did a workout and I got I, post. Before we get past the Packers, I do want to say one of my favorite tweets of all time, my maybe my favorite ever. Someone said it has got 31,000 likes, 4,400 retweets. It says Mahomes is out here about to win his second ring on a bad ankle, and my quarterback is in a cabin somewhere with no power <laughs> smoking crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so shout out to you, OGXGZ Almighty. You, that was great. The most Jets thing, too, is I don't think he's going to end up in New York. You get Todd Downing today uh, in New York as the passing game coordinator. By the way. They're going to end up with Ryan Tannehill, and it's going to piss so many Jets fans off. And this offense is going to stink. What passing offense that made you hire that guy? They they hired the two worst coordinators. Nathaniel Hackett and Todd Downing. Hackett and Todd Downing? But, hey, Hackett is Aaron Rodgers' friend. How it worked out for the Broncos out. last year. When Broncos. It, ha- it has to work. The Jets. I think he's leaving the Packers. I just don't think he's going to the Jets. And the Jets fired a coordinator to bring in Aaron Rodgers. And they end up with Ryan Tannehill. And then I think Rodgers ends up with like this. It would be hilarious too. I think he, he feels more like a Tennessee vibe to me in Nashville. And then he's like a permanent co-host with Taylor Luan and company. If he retired, like there's just. He's him out of the division. Yeah. Keep him out of the AFC South. I, I apologize, honestly, JP. I think he ends up in, in the Titans. That's my pre- That's my pick. I think he ends up in the Titans. So funny. It'd be so funny if he ends up on the Raiders. I just hmm. follow Devontae Adams. I'm telling you guys, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be maybe the high, most highly touted quarterback. This I could see him on the Raiders too. The McDaniels reunion. I wouldn't. I don't. That's a terrible option for Vegas. I think. I think it makes sense. Mm. But Aaron Rodgers comes calling. I don't think you turned down Aaron Rodgers. No. Um, but we'll see ultimately on Philadelphia if they get back. I think the, like you, JP, you laid it out perfectly of just the NFC is more open. Burrow has more of an issue in the AFC where it's like he's going to have to get through Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and now Trevor Lawrence year in, year out. Really compete. The, the AFC is just the haves and the have nots. And it's very clear who are the haves and the have nots. The NFC is just a bunch of have nots. Uh, have the loaded not, roster with the Eagles. The, they have nots, the Eagles and the Niners. Yes. That's that's really what it is. 100%. Uh, can the good check out nation? Oh, actually, no. I forgot. It's Jackson Jaguar. I didn't hear you make it to the thing AFC. you just said, dog. Well, there you guys. Um, that'll, that'll, you know what? I don't know what's going on with my internet. We're going to wrap up here because I don't want to lose any more of this because it's insane. And uh, I'm going to destroy my uh, internet company for uh, what's happening tonight. Um, JB, what can the good folks check out from you over at SBNation.com? Um, I got a pretty fun draft store, draft article coming out next in the upcoming week. Uh, going to be comparing some draft prospects to completely non-related football items because Bryce Young is not Drew Brees. We don't need any more of those comps. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to compare him to anime characters and see what happens. Uh, by the way, I just want to say um, 
if you're not following JP already, you should. Uh, but just real quick shout out to you, man. I don't know if you feel it because sometimes it's hard for people to like notice their own success. But like JP has become this young like star on Twitter. Like some of the most respected people are interacting with him or like talking about what his tweets are saying or just sharing his work. And like I've been around Twitter, especially NFL Twitter for a very long time. I feel like I've got my pulse on it pretty well. And it's very apparent how well-respected you are and, and you're doing it like in record-breaking time. So congrats to you, man. I hope you see, you're going to see a much more success down the road. If you're not following him, you got to get on the train earlier than that, dog. You better make it happen because he's, he's going to be doing big things for a long time. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we're going to keep going. We're going to see how high we can get comparing uh, NFL draft prospects to Crash Bandicoot. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes yep it's good different stuff and jp's one of the best rising stars and like when i see like oh jp's on the amina kaim show i'm like that is that's just awesome yeah. Those are the cool days, right? yeah, that's yeah. big time be evan then i will talk to y'all both very soon this has been ingram radio voice of the atlanta braves and i'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the chase thomas podcast as a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing mm-hmm. your, um, pleasantness. You're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.